0: Well, this morning, we're going to finish this series that uh, we've been in the last few weeks called How to Get What You Really Want. And today, as we finish this series, I want to ask you this question one more time. What is it that you really want? What do you want? What is that thing that you really, really want? Now, some of you are counting, say so you just asked me that question three more times. <laughs> But what is that 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 you really, really want in your life? That's an important question to answer because all of us could tell a story about a time when we thought we got what we wanted, but after we got what we thought we really wanted, it wasn't what we wanted in the end. Whether it was a, a new car, whether it was a career promotion, whether it was a house, a tropical vacation... No matter what it was, maybe some great toy you dreamed of. You pursued it thinking that it would make you happy and fulfilled, but in the end, it just didn't. We all have a story like that. And maybe it gave us a moment of immediate happiness, but it just didn't last. Folks, as I close this series today, I think it's really time for us. To go after what we ultimately want. Things like love that lasts. Things like peace with God and peace in our own spirit. Peace with others. Patience when things go wrong. Self-control when things seem out of control. Real goodness flowing out of our lives. And here's one, respect. Those are things we all want, but respect is one of those things. It's time to live in such a way that people will say about you the things that you hope they would say about you at your funeral. Now think about that. (laughs) And when they say all of those good things about you at your funeral, they're not exaggerating. They're not stretching the truth about you, but what they say is really true about you. It's time to live In such a way that those things would be true Today I'm going to tell all you young dads Who have young kids I'm going to tell you and I could tell moms too But dads I'm going to tell you what you really want I'm going to tell you what you really ultimately want All you young dads what you want Are you ready dads? Here it is You've been wondering through this whole series What what do I really, really want? This is it Up to the age of 10 Your kids think you dad are hero but something happens between age 10 and 20 and they begin to see all of your flaws and they, th- they think you're a zero some of you have been there right they begin to think that you're a zero and during all of those years of course you really want your kids to respect you to respect your words to respect your counsel to respect your uh, authority but listen what you ultimately want, whether you know it now or not, what you really, really, really want is for your adult kids to respect you. That's what you really want. So listen close now, dads. There's no, there's no thing, there's no fling that's worth losing the respect of your adult children. And if you lose it over some thing or some fling, you may never get what you ultimately wanted. So listen close. There's nothing that compares with your adult kids so respecting you that they come back to you and they want counsel from you and they want to hang with you. (laughs) Man, that's a blessing. And that those same kids, they want to model their lives after you. But if you really want that, if you really want to end up there, You'll have to start choosing what you ultimately want, not what you naturally and immediately want. That means you're going to have to demonstrate love and faithfulness to your wife. You're going to have to prove to your kids that you really love your wife. That means you're going to have to say no to making work more important than time with your wife and your family. That means you're going to have to say no to drunkenness, You're going to have to say no to drug use. You're going to have to say no to porn. Man, it's been a long time since it's been that quiet in here. You see, if all you do is think about and pursue those things that are right in front of you, those things that are advertised saying, you really need this, If all you think about and pursue is what everybody else is driving, what everybody else is doing, where everybody else is spending their time, where everybody else is going, whatever feels good at the moment, what you naturally want, if all you do is think about and pursue those things, you will never, ever get what you ultimately, ultimately want. But when you start thinking about what you ultimately want, when, when you start thinking about the things that you really value, when those things are at the center of your thoughts, you're less prone to settle for what you naturally want, and you're more prone to pursue what you ultimately want. And here's the great deal. When you discover what things that you ultimately want, what those things are, those things that really matter deeply to you, you will find that those things are also the things that God wants for you. God wants some wonderful things for you. Now, all of us who are parents, we we want good things for our kids. (laughs) We don't want things from our kids. We want good things for our kids. And your heavenly Father wants the same thing for you. He wants good things for you. And so, what is your Heavenly Father who created you? What is your Heavenly Father who gave breath to you? What is your Heavenly Father who sent Jesus to pay for your sins for you? What does He want for you? The Bible tells us take a look at this. This is what He wants for you to have. As I mentioned before, He wants you to have authentic, lasting love, genuine love, to be loved. He wants you to experience real joy deep in your spirit. Peace that passes all understanding. He wants you to experience what it means to be kind because you are so filled with his loving kindness inside. You just let it flow out. He wants you to experience goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. And here, oh, here's the big one, right? Self-control. He wants all of those good things for you. Now, aren't those things the things that you ultimately want? But the problem is, this world cannot give you, it cannot provide you with what you ultimately want. This world, this this culture is designed to distract you from what really matters, which will really rob you in the end of what you ultimately want. This world just throws up all kinds of distractions Saying, this is what you naturally want. It makes you feel good for a moment, so come get it. And those voices are all around us. And here's why. This world is fueled by two things. Whole world fueled by two things, all right? Upgrades and experiences. That's what fuels our world, upgrades and experiences. This world encourages us to upgrade everything. That's why Home Depot's so big, right? Right? <laughs> Upgrade everything and experience every new thing. So if all you and I do is think about and pursue the upgrades and experiences, those things we all naturally want, if that's all we do, you'll never get what you ultimately want. You'll just keep being pulled away and going after your list of those things you naturally want. I mean, when you get together with your family and your friends, you seldom talk about what you really want. Very seldom do you really talk about those ultimate things you really want. No, you talk about what you're presently upgrading and what you experienced on your vacation. You you, you talk about what you're doing, where you're going, what you're experiencing. You talk about upgrades. You talk about experiences. And some of that's okay. But if you spend the bulk of your time and your life chasing after those upgrades and experiences, you're going to miss out on some of the most important things in life. Those things that deep down inside you ultimately want. So in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul gives us something to do if you want to end up getting those things that you really want to have in your life. So Paul in the book of Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at that in just a second. Paul writes to the Christians living in Rome during a time when the church was multiplying and thriving in the city of Rome but it's also a time where those Christians that were living in Rome they were living in a pagan place an immoral sinful city that was offering them everything that they could ever naturally want to experience and so Paul to those Christians he gives them something to do that would end up getting them the things that they ultimately wanted take a look at this this is how he starts chapter 12 verse 1 Therefore I urge you Brothers and sisters In view of God's mercy We're going to stop there for a second He sent this to them in a letter But I imagine If he was with them in person If the Apostle Paul Was standing and teaching those Christians There in Rome in person When he gets to this part of the letter I think he kind of leans in And he kind of Tries to get close and get their attention. Come on, brothers. Come on, brothers and sisters. I'm urging with you. I'm I'm pleading with you. In view of all of God's mercy, in view of all that God has done in your life, even in the midst of all of these immoral, sinful, ungodly distractions. I urge you in view the mercy that God has shown you to do something for God. And God has shown you mercy, right? Anybody want to be honest this morning? He's shown all of us mercy. In fact, some of us wonder, God, how could you love me so much after all the times that I've messed up again and again, I've made commitment, I failed, I made commitment, I failed. How could you love me so much? But then Paul goes on and he tells them and he tells us what to do in response to God's great mercy. Here's what he says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, when we read a scripture like that, nothing really graphic comes to mind But remember, he's writing to these Christians who live in Rome. And the Roman religion and the Jewish religion at that time had one thing in common. They both sacrificed animals on an altar to offer worship to their God. So when they were confessing their sins, they would take something very valuable to them, an animal, and they would put it on the altar. They would slay that animal and say, God, this is how serious I am. I I confess my sins. I ask for forgiveness. I'm turning to worship you. Very bloody religion so when they read this phrase from the Apostle Paul here's what they're thinking so Paul (laughs) you want us to climb up on an altar and offer our bodies to be sacrificed like an animal to God and Paul would say well yes and no God doesn't want you to climb up on an altar and physically die But he does want you to come to a place where you see yourself placing yourself on an altar and offering your body to him, your body to live for him in ways that are holy and pleasing to him. He wants you to be not a dead-on-the-altar sacrifice. He wants you to be a living sacrifice, walking and using this body he's blessed you with in ways that are holy and pleasing unto Him. You see, Jesus came and gave Himself to be the final physical sacrifice for our sins. He came and, and and paid the price with His sinless life, His sinless blood, as the final sacrifice. But here He's saying, "Now I want you to give yourself, your whole self, your body, even to God. I want you to die to you. I I, I want you to die to your will." And when he says, I want you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, he means, I want you to surrender. Here it is, really, your behavior. Those things that you do in the body. Offer your behavior to God. Those things you do with your bodies offer your behavior every day to God. And why does God want you to do this? Take a look at this. Paul writes, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your true and proper worship. You see, your true and proper worship of the God who's shown you mercy and me mercy over and over and over is beyond singing and clapping and giving praise to him on Sundays. It's beyond lifting your hands in a moment of intimate worship to his name it's beyond spending time praising him through a moment of prayer and personal devotion it's beyond spending time reading his word to put his truth into your heart and mind it's beyond giving him the tithe that he calls for all of his followers to give so his family can expand and his church can grow he's saying you're true and proper worship The kind of worship that's acceptable and pleasing to Him is the offering of your body to Him and behaving in ways that are holy and pleasing to Him. Here's the question. Are you doing that? Are you living in ways that are holy and pleasing? Are you a living sacrifice for God? Are you behaving in ways that are acceptable to God? You see, that is what Paul is saying we are to do in response to God's mercy. But next, Paul goes on and he tells us something that we are not to do. So first comes the to do, and then comes the not to do. Take a look at this. He says, as he continues in verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what the will of God is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Paul is saying, don't conform to the patterns of this world. In other words, don't be pressed into the mold of this world, or your life will come out of that mold just looking like this ungodly, sinful world instead of looking like God. Instead, Paul says, be transformed. Do not be conformed, but instead be transformed. So Paul gives us something again to do. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to him. And then he gives us the thing to not do. Don't conform. And then Paul tells us to do what God wants us to do. He tells us how to be transformed. Take a look at this. He says... Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Now, listen close and don't don't miss this. You can read this and say, okay, I'll transform, I'll I'll change my behavior. I know what God's not happy with, I'll just do that. But you can't just suddenly change your behavior. You're not that good, (laughs) you're not that powerful. And you've probably even tried it before and, and you failed and you've tried and you failed. He's saying, I don't want you to focus on your behavior. I want you to focus on renewing your mind first by reading God's word. I want you to focus on changing the way you think by reading God's word. Because when you begin to see things the way God sees things, when you begin to think about things the way God thinks about things, You'll begin to align your behavior with what God says is holy and pleasing to Him. And then your life will begin to transform into one that is holy and pleasing and acceptable to God. Folks, in the religions around the world, we always try to control our behavior. But we start in the wrong place. And usually we put down the word and neglect it and let it gain dust on some shelf, but that's where it starts. Change starts with the Word of God by renewing your mind. Listen, take a look at this. It's only by the power of God's Word that's living in you and by the power of His Holy Spirit who is living in you that enables you to transform. You can't do it on your own. And you may be able to make some changes, but if you do, they'll probably even be short term unless you're renewing your mind day by day in God's Word. It's really easy to see this. I, I was in uh, youth ministry for eight years, full time, eight years of youth ministry, and I watched kids, and we'd take them to camp. Oh, they'd get on their knees, they'd go at the altar, they'd make commitments, and, and and then they'd come home from camp. What commitment? And their lives never changed. Maybe you've come to an altar here and made some commitment, but maybe your behavior really never changed. You've prayed to God when you did something really, really wrong, and you know it's wrong in His sight. And he convicted you by His Spirit, and you made a commitment, but you never changed. You can't do it on your own. A commitment alone is not enough. Take a look at this. You're not transformed by the commitment of your will, but by the renewing of your mind. And so it's one thing to crawl upon an altar and offer yourself to God, but it's another thing to live out your commitment. And you can't do that without renewing your mind daily, reading and lining up your living with God's Word. So Paul is saying, if you want to give what you ultimately want... Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Okay, Paul, but how do you do that? How do you get rid of those old patterns? How do you put on new patterns that are holy and pleasing to God? Well, I think it's kind of like refinishing furniture. Anybody ever refinish some furniture? Sanded down, a dresser, or a table, or refinish some? It's kind of like refinishing furniture. It's... It's kind of like you got to take off the old finish before you can put on the new finish. So when it comes to your life, what's the old pattern that you need to take off? What you naturally and immediately want? What's the new pattern you need to put on? What you ultimately want? What's the old pattern you need to take off? What you want now? What's the new pattern you need to put on? What do I really want later? What's the old pattern you need to take off? What do I want because everybody else has it? What's the new pattern you need to put on? God, what do you ultimately want for me? What's the old pattern you need to take off? The old pattern is just about things, upgrades and experiences. What's the new pattern you need to put on? The new pattern is about following God and getting what you ultimately really want. As you begin to renew your mind, you'll begin to see as God sees, then you'll be far more inclined to do what God says. And when that happens, here's the result. Here's the payoff. Take a look at this. Paul says, and then when you do that, you'll be able to test and approve. Another word for that, you'll be able to discern what God's will really is. What is good and pleasing and perfect will for you really is. By renewing your mind. You'll be able to discern what God's will is, and you'll find that His will for you is good, really good, and pleasing, and a perfect one. And then you will find that God's will for you is what you ultimately wanted all along. It wasn't what the world said you wanted, but when you really sought God and followed Him, you found that he gave you what you ultimately wanted let me read this scripture the whole thing one more time and as I read it I'm not going to comment on it but just listen close to what God is saying from start to finish here's what he says therefore I urge you brothers and sisters This morning as we end this series, we're thinking through how to move past old, short-term thinking that keeps us conforming to sinful patterns of this world to get the things we naturally want and desire and then how to move on to a new way of thinking that gets us what we ultimately want. And the way to get there The process to get there isn't quick, but it works. And if you follow this process, you're going to be on your way to getting what you really, really want deep in your spirit and on your way to really pleasing God. So here's the process. You're probably thinking, wow, I haven't filled any blanks yet. Pastor Larry's got 30 more minutes to go, amen? But not true. Here's the process that you just need to follow that Paul is talking about. Write this down. To get what you really want You got to offer your whole self to God Offering your whole self to God That's the first thing to do But as, as I've said That's not enough A commitment is not enough Second You get by what you really want By renewing your mind with God's word That's the second thing to do But you can't stop there A knowledge of God's word Is not enough Third, you get what you really want by rejecting the patterns of this world. That's the third thing to do. You must align your life with God's word, not this world. Folks, that's the process. That's our daily process. If you want to just ignore everything else you've learned over the years here at Canyon Hills, if you just want to follow those three things in that process, you're going to get closer and closer to Jesus Christ, and you're going to get what you ultimately want. And all of God's people said, amen. Take that home. Live it out. Follow it. Now, as I close, I'm going to ask you this question one more time. What do you really want? One last time. What do you really want? And my guess as I ask that question, my guess is that what you've been naturally wanting through most of your life is more upgrades and more experiences. This for the house, this vacation. But my heart tells me what you ultimately want is something more than upgrades and experiences. And if that's true, would you decide today to surrender to God? To renew your mind daily with His Word? To reject the patterns of this world? And instead align your behavior with the things that you know are holy and pleasing to God because that's how you get what you really want and if you do those things soon you'll find yourself not chasing chasing your natural wants but enjoying what you ultimately wanted all along look at this on the screen to get what you ultimately want to also get what the father wants for you you've got to do what comes unnaturally to you what comes unnaturally to you Offering your whole self to God. Renewing your mind in God's word. And rejecting the patterns of the world. It's unnatural. It's hard. But that'll get you what you really want. That'll get you where you really want. Amen? (laughs) When it's all said and done. Would you bow your heads with me? As I close in prayer, I want to ask you, like always, to just consider repeating this prayer in your heart or saying, yes, Lord, that's me. That's what I want. And as I pray this prayer, would you envision yourself climbing up on an altar and offering yourself to God? So everybody in your mind, just envision climbing up on some altar somewhere or kneeling at an altar somewhere And then would you say, Father God, today I offer my body to you. I commit to renew my mind by reading your word. I commit to reject the patterns of this world so I can give you true and proper worship the worship you deserve for the mercy you've shown to me. And so I can get what you ultimately want me to get and experience. Father, I just praise you and I thank you this morning that what you have designed for those of us who become a part of your family is good. It's pleasing. And it's perfect. And yet, Father, you know that we've got all these voices, all these advertisements, all these pictures coming at us every day that speak to our human natural wants and desires. But God, help us to keep coming back to you, renewing our mind, offering ourselves to you, and saying no to the sinful things of the world and saying yes to you. And then we will experience your good, and perfect and pleasing will. We won't miss out on anything. We'll have all that we've ever wanted as we follow you. In your name we pray. And all of God's people said amen. Let's just praise our good, good God. Would you help us do that? He's awesome.